1: consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron
0: on patreon even one dollar can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy look for a link over at the batmanuniverse.net to offer your support now and now on with the show
1: Terrence,
2: i'm here sorry uh, no, that was my finger problem at the time. I couldn't. I couldn't get the mouse. I'm just yeah. I, uh, too many. Uh, I've been eating those uh, Reese's peanut butter cup Halloween shapes. I don't know oh. what it is about Reese's peanut butter cups, but when they're in the shape of a pumpkin or a bat, they just taste like so much better. Or an Easter egg. Oh, <laughs> or so, a tree. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I can't reach the mouse to give commentary about Dick and Tim. So all right, I'm back. All right. Um, <laughs> I think you found your cold open. Bro. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> yeah. oh, Reese is... It's twelve thirty five in the morning. It That's is. Right. Yep. Um <laughs> Dixon does a great job of writing Tim and Drake as brothers. <laughs> Wait, what did I say? Tim and Drake. Tim and Drake. <laughs> oh, oh. Again, it's twelve thirty six in the morning. Yeah. Uh, that is the okay. cold
1: opening, folks. <laughs>
2: Let me try that again. <laughs> Dixon does a great job of writing Dick and Grayson as brother. No, I mean <laughs> Rick Grayson and Tim. Rick Grayson. Rick Grayson and the Drake. And Drake. The Drake. <laughs> the Drake. Yeah. yeah. All right. One more time. You don't like the Drake. I hate the Drake. I
0: love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's
1: the
2: Drake?
0: Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. You like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? You score the Drake? I love the Drake.
1: This is Cam Bowen, voice of Tim Drake on Young Justice and you're listening to Everyone Loves the Drake.
0: This is James Tynan IV, and I love the Drake.
2: This is George Parrott, and everybody likes the Drake, especially the cakes.
0: Hi, this is Mar Wolfman, and everyone loves the Drake. Good for them.
1: Love the Drake. Got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. I'm your host, Rob Myers, and welcome to episode 124. This show is brought to you by the TheBatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin, whom in the year of 2020... Robin is celebrating 80 years. We're part of the Batman Universe Podcasting Network. Speaking of podcast Network, we're also associated with Batman on Films Podcast Network, BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. So between the BatmanUniverse.net and BatmanPodcastNetwork.com, you can find us. Speaking of getting a hold of us, you can find us on all the social media outlets. I have not updated in a while. Again, I think this is episode three or four that I've said this, but we have a new blog spot page that has older information on it, I need to upload it so I'm saying that so I do it ASAP, but you can find our Blogspot page at com. that'll be for Everyone Loves a Drake and Everyone Loves Young Justice Show there'll be plenty of content there and I promise I'm going to update that page And we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash everyone loves a Drake. We have a Twitter page at ELTD podcast. You can find us on Instagram. You can email into the show at Robin ELTD podcast at yahoo.com. And I hope that you do email into the show. And I'm looking at having uh, some different uh, items that you'll be able to get and uh, receive. And speaking of maybe how you can receive those, if you listen to the show on iTunes, leave a review and... uh, Maybe you'll get a little uh, goodie basket if you uh, send a review and more on that later. And uh, we have a YouTube page at www.youtube.com slash C slash Robin Everyone Loves a Drake podcast. Or you can just type in Everyone Loves a Drake. So this is episode 124 and a typical... ELTD fashion. There was no intro to this episode. Uh, This is going to be looking at Detective Comics issue 700 and the very first part of Batman Legacy since everything else has been a prequel up to now. So this was initially going to be tied into episode 122, but when we hit episode, or when we hit uh, the 700th issue of Detective Comics, th- the discussion went on a little bit, and I think it went on a little bit because I think it was about midnight when we got to this point, but it turned into kind of a celebratory issue. I wasn't thinking about it, but we had some things to say about the 700th issue, and it just seems fitting that this is its own episode. So I won't keep this intro going on a very long, but with just recently... In the time that you're listening to this in 2020, the Batman book written by James Tynan for Volume 3 has just reached its 100th issue, and Detective Comics just recently, a few months ago, has just landed on 1,027 issues. Of Detective Comics, so things just kind of aligned here on the show. So that you know, always seems fitting, and uh, probably just dumb luck on our parts that we are reaching a very celebratory issue. And with Detective Comics 700, they really went all out in making this a special book. Starting off with a big bombastic story, and they even packaged this book in a particular way, and we talk about that in the show. So. Enough of the opening banter. Let's just get right into the episode where Terrence Ryan and myself discuss Batman Legacy official part one and the 700th issue of Detective Comics. Here we go. Three, two,
2: one. Drake. Look, if you want to just keep doing the same old thing, then maybe this idea is not for you. I, for one, am not going to compromise my artistic integrity. And I'll tell you something else. This is the show, and we're not going to change it, right?
1: How about this? I manage a circus.
0: Detective Comics 700, cover date August 1996, on sale date June 26, 1996, Cover price, four ninety five. What the hell? Editor, Scott Peterson. <laughs> Writer, Chuck Dixon. Penciler, Graham Nolan. Inker, Scott Hanna. Letterer, John Costanza. Oh, Costanza. Colorist, Gloria Vasquez. Cover credits, Graham Nolan. Synopsis for Legacy Part 1, Progeny of the Demon. At the site of the fabled Wheel of Plagues, Batman, Nightwing, and Robin encounter Ra's al Ghul, Talia, and the latest Ubu. Raish orders all three killed by his gunmen, to the disappointment of Ubu, who is pledged to Talia and wished to kill the detective himself. As the heroes do battle with his followers, Raish makes plans to unleash a virus which will destroy 90% of the world's population. Having made a computer model of the Wheel of Plagues, he plans to destroy it and head for the New World. As the area floods, Batman and Robin are trapped in the water in a rapidly filling cistern until the air pressure catapults them out while Nightwing confronts Raish. He has the upper hand in this match, but as Robin and Batman arrive on the scene, he makes his escape along with Talia and Ubu, who is revealed as Bane. Meanwhile, below ground, the water is rising in Catwoman's cell.
1: Dun, dun, dun. So, 700. Now, before we get into that, I think this is a feat in and of itself. We just recently celebrated Detective 1027 and then, you know, we celebrated 1000. So 27 kind of felt like, well, this is a thousand issues of just Batman. But, you know, had Detective Comics, 1000, and then in the New 52, I mean, we were talking about Jason Fabok, he got to be on the 900th issue. I think that was the the gatefold issue, like the 900 Bats issue from the New 52 or whatever. So a lot of big you know, landmark issues uh, coming. So I think this is, it's cool that, you know, Chuck Dixon gets to write the 700th issue, and there have been, you know, plenty of other ones. So the 700th issue, and I've got here, I've never opened this, and this was a dollar. I put it on uh, Twitter, and I'll put it on Instagram, too, uh, so you can see it. But I still have my legacy, I shouldn't say my, I found this in a dollar box, signed by Chuck Dixon, and it's written, uh, Chuck Dixon, 98 uh, is when he signed this. But it's in the protective, like, manila envelope. And it's prob- there's probably nothing in here other than the issue, but it's kind of like that holy grail thing. I've got it in a nice Mylar bag, and <laughs> I've never opened this thing. But, you know, they were making a big deal out of this being the seven hundredth issue of Detective Comics and like Ryan said, it was pushing five frickin' dollars. So this yeah, this was ninety six. Yeah, four ninety-six. So this was a big deal for D C and they had a big landmark story going on. So did you guys I mean by far as Terrence, did you pick up this version uh with the Manila f- folder version of this? Or did you pick up like the standard, you know, one with Batman holding the the sword on it?
2: Yeah, no, I got the Manila envelope version back when it first hit the newsstands. And it was kind of cool because when I started reading comics, which I've told the story before with the death of uh, Jason Todd going on at Detective Comics at the time, they were celebrating the, the 600th issue. I think it was, or was it the 500? No, I can't remember. I think it was the 600. The 600 issue. Yeah, so this would have been like the, my 100th issue around ish of Detective Comics or so with the zero issue. And I think it was like 598 or something I, I read that. So yeah, I was always like a geek about like these like milestone issues. In fact, I think I said I, in school I would like write. And try to like calculate like okay well how many months in a year how many months in a decade <laughs> batman at the time batman came out every other week in the summer so they would come out with 15 issues uh, uh, a year so i'd be like okay well how many issues to 700 how many issues to a Oh my gosh this will be the first thousand book and can we get action comics canceled so detectives can, be, can beat it and all this stuff <laughs> so you know so yeah i was a, a real geek for the the numbering system
1: I know, Ryan, that you kind of have had a, you know, what's the penultimate issue? You know, we yeah. got to, to look yeah. at that. So how, how do you feel about numberings? Are you more excited about, like, okay, the the big numbering is, is cool, but what's the issue before?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm not more excited about the issue before. Right. It's It's just one of those things where it's like if it's a thing that I haven't read before where I'm going back and back issues, I'm like – then I'm more interested, like, oh, yeah, 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 but what was right before it? Did it lead into something? And th- and this one is really interesting, right? Because it is required reading for this story. It, like, leads mm-hmm. into it. But um, if it's, like, a normal monthly thing I'm already getting, you know, like, we're about to hit Batman 100 or, you know, of volume whatever it is now, three, three four. Three, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, ooh, you know, I, I want to... just read that naturally and then get excited for the, for the big milestone issue and big milestone issues are a lot of work. Like, you know, sometimes, sometimes they're the ends of, uh, of a giant arc like like the Joker War in Batman 100 and sometimes they are anniversary issues like Detective 1027 which just came out and it's just like a it's it's like a one-off special thing and the both of those things are valid and interesting and and worth doing but it's it's all one of those like personal preference things or or uh, how invested were you in certain storylines or whatever like you know but Detective 700 is pretty cool I think I own The newsstand version, and I think I do own that same um, that version you have. Where it was actually in an envelope. Yeah, it's like in a little envelope, and it it slips out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've I've never opened
1: it, so like I said, it's probably one of the greatest dollar bin finds (laughs) that I saw. That it was signed by Chuck, and I put it up on the counter. I'm like the counter going, "All right, is he going to go? Oh, well, Dixon signed this. Well, that's eighty bucks." And he looked at it, and was like, "That'll be a buck." And I felt like. Tee hee hee You don't know what I have And maybe he was like Dude I got a hundred Of these things Yeah Cause like they'll, They'll do that Like it's the 700th issue Everybody's gonna want it So they mass Mass produce it But it's cool that You know Got Dixon's autograph on it a couple little uh, trivia things here. Like I said, this is the first time that Tim Drake faces Ra's al Ghul. And during this time, uh, Talia hints several times for her true feelings for Bruce Wayne to the point where she sheds a tear as she thought he was dead. So, you know, that happens uh, later in the story. So the, the, one of the first things I got here, the symbol around Ra's neck is the main artwork used for the original trades. I believe that Ryan, that you have mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, the numbering that like the shadow the shattering bat for the nightfall books this is that that skull that you know like the Rachel
0: ghoul logo racial ghoul yeah. yeah
1: before this you know he didn't wear anything like that so i think that was kind of a, a new thing that they were putting on there when you finally the demon's head yeah get to see the demon's head there and uh use that very well for the marketing of the book so when you finally do get to see him it's like oh uh, that does make sense. So I know we talked about the Manila cover, but the standard cover of this, which actually technically is the variant, but inside the trade, it's Batman holding the sword, and he's down, you know, in a pit, and you got all the uh, warrior races warriors up above him. Batman's holding the sword, and his costume is tattered. So I think this kind of screams a monumental. You know, issue. So, would you guys think of the the version of the covers you have, and is it poster worthy of going? Wow, the seven hundredth issue. I want to hang this on my wall. Or is it like, mm, it's not really, <laughs> really all that special, uh, Terrence.
2: Um, i I like the cover in that it's like a nice contrast to the envelope, where it's basically the same shoulders and head, but one is Batman, one's Ra's ghoul and he looks pretty good in there. But it, it's not a I wouldn't say it's poster-worthy. It's not something I'd want to hang on my wall, but it is a pretty neat reveal. Although I will say that the rest of the artwork by Nolan in this issue is pretty amazing, and there are Mm. definitely some poster-worthy scenes. And as we had said in one of our previous podcasts when we went over – I think we went over – 697 698 and 699 Mm -hmm. for detective those came out like every other week and this is an extra large issue so he was he was doing a lot of pages at this time and killing it (laughs) like just awesome awesome artwork so yeah right
0: yeah i mean i like the standard cover with batman with the sword because you know whenever you see batman with the sword you know that you know shit's bad (laughs) you know like which is cool but the thing that i like even more is this is the the envelope cover because it's so graphic and it's just black and white in that negative space and it's it's that nolan cover just to see you know batman in that era i mean it's really defined a lot by by Graham nolan for me Mm -hmm. and it it made me it, it reminds me of a lot of the you would see a lot of um like Batman, I don't know, marketing images around that time too. It reminds me of like the, you know, Batman Return of the Joker video game stuff. You would see oh, this yeah. kind of like silhouette versions of Batman in a lot of products and stuff. And so it reminded me of that. And so I just like, you know, you would see some th- some things like this, like on some, uh, like some you would get some Brian Stelfree's artwork that looked like this too. So I always mm-hmm. like seeing these like representations of the characters like that. So, uh, so for me, my favorite cover is that. You know, envelope variant
2: This comic book for uh, the month of June 1996 It's, it, as far as sales goes It was in the top ten In the top ten, six of the top ten books were Image Comics What place do you think this came in the top ten? Do you want to take a guess? Hmm. I, I want
1: to go high, but I'm going to say six How about you, Ryan?
0: We You said Image was in the top six, right? Oh, six, oh, six of the top ten books were oh, Image six books. of yeah. the top ten. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say eight. Oh, wow. You guys split the difference. It was number seven. So you said <laughs> six and eight. Yeah. It was beat out by, get this, number six was Profit Cable by Image. And profit Cable, <laughs> number one, <laughs> actually beat out Detective Comics. now... I think, though, Detective Comics was kind of hurt because it's split. Because this just says the collector's edition. Mm -hmm. So there's probably a newsstand edition further down on the list. Batman 533 came in eighth place. Fifth place was Bad Rock Wolverine, issue number one by Image. (laughs) Number four was Gen 13, the Unreal World, issue zero by Image. Um, Three was Medieval Spawn Witchblade, number three by Image. Number two was a DC book, Kingdom Come, all right. uh, issue number two. And number one was Spawn, issue number 51 by Image. I, I forgot that Spawn was such a high seller for so long, 51 issues. Oh, yeah. I remember it's in it, Wizard Magazine, it was like all about Spawn. All yeah. The, oh, yeah. And uh, number 10 was Witchblade, although this is during the time when Marvel had their own distributor. They had like, I think it was called Heroes World or something. Oh, yeah. It was mm-hmm. before, so, Yeah. So Marvel's, there are no Marvel, no Marvel books on this list, so I'm not sure Mar- what Marvel sold, and they probably sold really well compared to this stuff, so maybe the list would look a little bit different. But uh, our boy, Tim Drake, he was, uh, hold it up, he's the 21th best-selling book, so, you know, and that's issue number 32 for him, so it's nice. kind of, I don't know, I just kind of find these... Sales things interesting. Some of the books here, so anyway. yeah, it is interesting because it does provide context too.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of let you know, and, and also the books that were popular. And you r- rattling off some of those, I went, I don't know what that book is. Yeah, yeah, but this was at the you know height of image, so they they could almost churn out anything, and it was probably gonna gonna sell really well for them.
2: Like and they, and they did turn out anything oh. and everything. Yes, <laughs> they did.
1: <laughs> the banner between Dick and Tim I thought was was really cool before the attack and a scene that I thought was pretty cool when Ratios, you know, there with Talia and you're over the shoulder on page uh, 5, you get the look of Tim looking over towards Nightwing and him saying wait for it, Bruce saying now and you have that moment of, you know, the shock on Tim's face to so like, oh crap, we're really doing this. Um, yeah, At, Which I thought that was really cool. Like the shorthand that Nightwing, like he knows what Batman's going to do and letting Tim know like, Hey, you need to be on your toes right now. So, you know, we've been following Tim for so long. Talk about, you know, Tynan's run where Tim is probably just as good as a detective as Bruce is, and being, you know, one step ahead. This is still a very novice Tim Drake and, uh, probably fighting by the seat of his pants. And, uh, also knows he's got this virus inside of him. So I thought that was cool and kind of give you just those two little panels gave you that little moment of Dick and Bruce have done this a million times together and Dick knew what Bruce was going to do and let Tim in on it. So I thought that was cool. I just wanted your guys' thoughts on like the little shorthand between Nightwing and Tim, which kind of goes through a lot of uh, the Robin run. Let's start with Ryan.
0: Yeah. I mean, this this is where legacy just gets really good. I mean, you know, you get part 1, right? But like you got all the three major Bat Family characters here. They're all working together. You've got the like no dialogue is wasted, no actions wasted, everything's working together really well. The artwork is just amazing. Like it's like a climax of a movie right when it starts. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really cool stuff and yeah, so I love the interaction between uh, Nightwing and Robin and Batman here at the beginning. It's just it's just excellent.
2: Terrence Dixon does a great job of writing Tim and Dick as brothers, and it really feels like they are with Bruce as the dad, and it's a really great relationship, and it works really well. It's it's not overly dialogued. It's not Tom King where it's you know eight pages of dialogue. It's it's just oh, the right man. amount, and it's perfect. Yep.
1: Yeah, and like the whole sequence of them falling down the the shaft and the dialogue and talk about Nolan like he you said earlier like he's at the top of his top yeah. of his game in here his, his panel layouts are absolutely flawless the the series go them going down the shaft and swinging through and the conversation like the little history lesson that Tim is getting from Bruce. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it's done really well. And then... Page
2: page six, talk about oh. poster worthy where Batman's throwing a batarang, he's gritting his yeah. teeth, they're all yeah. running towards the, the camera.
0: I remember, basically. and that's, that was so influential as a kid when I first read this in that original trade paperback. I was like, oh my gosh, look, they're all fighting together. They are like, they don't, they, you know, they are no holds barred, right? Like, like I said, they just go out swinging and then like, even the... The way the lettering is done here, like, you don't see too often in books like this where they're yelling and screaming at each other because, you know, like, there's so much going on, explosions and stuff. Like, Batman's yelling, get to the shaft, Robin, it's the only shelter. And, you know, it's like, man, they are serious. Like, things are dire here.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I I wonder with with the art, too, like, Nolan's upped his game. But I wonder, you know, we talked about the sales chart and how Image was dominating. And I've seen Todd McFarlane talk about how he was coming up and drawing Spider-Man and the editors would yell at him and say, stop drawing him so differently and stop stop, you know, being so stylized. You need to be like everybody else. So I wonder if at this point was Nolan just now free to like be more himself and be more out there and, and be more expansive or were they pushing him to be like, hey, man, we got to – compete with image you got to be more dynamic and these these pages really got to pop either it might have been a little combination of both but I do feel like this is 96 it's like so image comics artist dominated that I feel like it was the perfect I don't even know the word you'd look just the perfect time for Nolan to just kind of like come out of his shell and just like really just explode on the page here
1: yeah and it might have been as simple as like they're doing all this crazy stuff like I can just be me and just turn out the best version of me and not have to yeah. if he if he goes bombastic like all the eyes are over there, a good art is going to sell because it's good art and it's it's not overly like you know so crazy where you're like man Batman's got five hundred ribcage muscles, and Tim Drake looks like he's you know six two you know everything's right. drawn
0: in proportion i think um I think the simplest. Answer is this is this Occam's Razor? Is this what is that? I think the simplest answer might be the the right one. I hope I, I hope I'm using that term correctly because mm, I just made it so. up. Because I think it's a I learned that from Batman in what in the uh, in the Batman versus Two Face. I saw Occam's Razor, Robin. But oh. so like it's like um, Dixon and Nolan have have been a team for a long time at this point, and this is like this is Detective Comics 700. So I'm sure like they were like, this is a huge story, it's a big crossover, and probably for Nolan, it's like, this is Detective Comics 700, I'm gonna do the best job possible and make the art look awesome, because this is Detective Comics 700, <laughs> you know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Like, So, I think that's probably a huge element of it, it's a big bombastic story, where a lot of things are happening, It's it's got a lot of things for him to chew on as an artist, and it's Detective Comics 700, he's gonna make it look good. Yeah. So.
1: We were talking about the conversation between Batman and Robin. Dixon underlines how big of a deal Ra's al Ghul is to Batman. And Batman says that Ra's makes the Joker seem small, like an annoyance. Should this still be the case today? Like, you know, why do you think Ra's is not at the top tier of a Batman villain? I mean, we have Joker War and Three Jokers going on right now in DC Comics. And... You just you don't get that Rachel Gould story where you're like, wow, you know, if this was a book right now, you would we'd probably get a, a moment of like, oh, here's where the Joker comes in, and it doesn't <laughs> re, it doesn't rely on the Joker at all in this story. So, I've always liked Rachel Ghoul and any time that I read something with him in, and I'm always like, why why isn't he?
0: A bigger deal than what, uh, than why he is. You guys have any thoughts? I think it's just one of those things where it's like when you use Raish, it needs to be a big deal, and how if you you overuse him, it won't, he won't seem like as big of a deal every time. And, And, you know, I guess over the years since we've had Damien he's... That's kind of like a consistent link to Raish, right? So... Yeah. I mean, they've done some interesting things with him since then where, I mean, of course he died and then he got resurrected and and then all you know all that stuff. But I don't know. Maybe it's just an editorial shift too where it's like, we just need to use Joker all the time. Yeah. Terrence, anything?
2: Yeah, he's a tough character. I mean, he was created by Denny O'Neill, so I know Denny O'Neill would use him a lot because it was his own creation. But he's kind of like it's kind of like a, a more down to earth thanos where his like goal is just to wipe out yeah. half the yeah. the the planet and but yet he's also immortal so it's kind of like it's it's kind of a one note villain with that his daughter True. turns out you know talia turns out to be much more interesting and so i feel like they use her in place of him, just because it just makes for a much interesting story. Right. They used him a lot on the Arrow TV series, and I actually thought it was done, considering it's CW and a TV series and all that. <laughs> I actually was, uh, I liked it. I enjoyed that, but it's it's it hard- better than the
0: Gotham version.
2: That's yeah, and even in the like, even in the um, Batman Begins, he's kind of in the beginning, then he disappears, then you kind of have to watch the movie twice to know who he really is, you know, so I don't know, but who knows? Maybe maybe he'll make a big comeback or something. I mean, and at least in
0: Legacy, Denny O'Neill's still the group editor here, right, of the whole yeah. everything, yeah. right? So, like, I'm sure he had some input, and and the whole story reads like, it's it's like a, I think I said this earlier in the show, it, it's like a modern day of the time reinterpretation interpretation or, or a, a new, another... Another modern racial Gould story. I don't know when the last time. That's probably a good thing to look up. Is like when was the last time Racial Gould was used before this? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Bat- before Batman Legacy. Like ha- had it been fifteen years or ten years or more since he had really been used in a in a huge way. You know, I'm kind of yeah. curious what the pre- what the most previous Re- Rachel Gould story would, would have been um, and before.
1: This. I got to think in the five year span that we've been doing the show and the, you know, amount of years we've covered and we've dipped in and out Has of Batman and, been and he's not popped up. Yeah.
0: So maybe so, that was a big, maybe that's why it was such a big deal at the time where it's like, maybe people wouldn't have known at the time if you were just a monthly reader, like, I don't know who Rachel Gould is. Like who, why would you know, yeah. you know, if you had been a modern reader at the time?
2: Yeah. And I always think he works good when he's more of um looking for an heir and choosing Batman. And he worked really well in the Red Robin series with oh, Tim yeah, kind of yeah. on his own. And kind of was he grooming Tim to be his next heir? That always kind of worked really well for me.
1: Yeah. The page that I liked, and again, not to keep bringing it to modern times, but a page 14, Raisha's explanation is right out of a 2020 CNN, you know, news media clip, which yep. is, oh my uh, but today, Great Center's, of the world are only separated by hours of travel the uh, strain is engineered by me to spread in aerosol contact that can reach halfway around the world in days time that that is literally what happened you know in, yeah. in our in our current situation
0: yeah i was i was reading this and i was thinking like if covid did what the clinch does a, a lot of what they're saying in this book could have could have happened you know what i mean like if it was like literally <laughs> That much worse, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy to read now.
1: Yeah, and you even get the panel from the airplane on fourteen, where they're moving the the dead bodies that are you know wrapped in the you know the white sheets and they're they're pulling them out of the plane. I'm like, we've seen this stuff, and again in like '96, going, oh, how far fetched is this? You know, really, a plague's going to spread like that? And good 2020 is going, yes. Turn and run the other direction. We were talking about how good Nolan is doing in this issue, and I have a note here. This is no disrespect to Aparo from Batman five thirty three, but you know we're kind of seeing Aparo nearing the end of his career, and Nolan is at the highlight of his career. This is almost like a passing of the torch, and Nolan's art is spectacular in this book. And I wrote down page twenty one. I don't remember why I wrote down. Page 20. Oh yeah, when Batman and Robin are running from Ubu, air quotes, and the water is rushing in, and you've got uh, Robin running towards camera and Batman yelling "Run!" again, like the the word balloons. Not seeing the there's a lot of shouting in this book, It's something you don't see quite a bit. This sequence, I I thought is done so well with them getting trapped in the water, and Tim just being fatigued, like Robin wanting to give up, and Batman won't letting him and taking. I talk about a progression of a character, like Terrence said, when Tim faces Rachel, Ghoul is Red Robin. All this can be traced back to here. So, what do you guys think of just Batman and, and Robin's moments in this tank, where Tim's wanting to give up? I, I don't know if it's, I call it a fist pumping moment, but that was something like, man, that's that's missing in some Batman stories where Batman's mm-hmm. got his partner's back and and vice versa. I thought this was really cool of batman even to the point where you know tim's talking about physics and they're going to blow the hatch off of it and batman's like i won't let us die i thought that was just that was probably my favorite moment it was this sequence of the tank what would you guys think about that let's Mm -hmm. start with uh
0: ryan yeah so even not having read or reread this story in years this scene was is one that i could have told you detail by detail because it it, it, I remember it so vividly and it's it again it's a big testament to this story that in the middle of this crazy bombastic giant world stakes story that you can take the time to have like a very poignant character interaction character scene between Batman and Tim Drake Robin here and like I was saying, like Tim Drake is like the emotional center of this whole story, and so really early on here, you get confronted with seeing Tim kind of falter here, and, and Batman mm-hmm. stepping up and being like, no, I'm Batman, you're Robin, we're gonna make it through this, and just the, the way that he has to kind of um, be a detective, and use his wits and you know like every time there's a racial ghoul story it's like the the more batman has to there's no cape he's got to take his (laughs) his costume off like stuff comes off you know and it's like it it's not a it's not a it's not batman straddling a plane sorry tom king to like land it or whatever it's not it's not this huge bombastic thing that (laughs) that he's having to do to prove that he's batman he's like holding robin plugging the hole in this death trap that they're in it's like a very simple thing but very high stakes it's it's like a life and death stakes and just the fact that he's like robin's already got this virus he could die like and batman just like holding on to him with everything he has while they're bleeding out right like that mm-hmm. i mean that felt so real Back when I first read it, and it still echoes like now, and when the the lid blows off, like it's like a big sigh of relief. Because, I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's still very effective. And you know, having rewatched the entirety of the Batman sixty six series recently, it re- it did kind of remind me of there's like a I don't remember the exact episode names, but there is a episode with um, it's a Joker episode where Batman and Robin get trapped in a cistern like this. And it doesn't fill with water, but it fills with gas. And the Joker is taken away their utility belts, and so Batman and Robin have to like straddle back to back and kind of walk up, bat walk up the 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 whole thing like, and to get out. So it kind of reminded me of that. It's like how are we going to get out of this thing? So, um, but yeah, like this whole scene is definitely a a highlight of the whole, probably the the, one of the standout scenes of the whole crossover, the whole story for me, um, because it's it's so dang memorable. Yeah.
2: Uh, Terrence, I do think it would have been better if, throughout the whole issue, Batman and Tim had been um, arguing about where they first met. It was at the circus. No, it was <laughs> in a basement. No, it was at the it was circus. witness protection. <laughs> yeah, it was at a, in a basement. No, it the Tom King flashbacks. I do really like this because it heightens the stakes. It makes it real personal. But also, I like it because Robin's in trouble. Batman's got to save him. But it's not that Robin did something stupid or blundered or disobeyed yes. a direct order or anything like that. It's like they're in such a horrific situation that's so dangerous that they just ended up in this circumstance, no fault to their yeah. own. But, but yeah, Batman and that's not something refuses. you see. Very yeah. often, right? Like it usually is. Like, oh, Robin got into trouble again. You know, what yeah. I mean? Told you not to press that. You know, yeah. or whatever. You know, well, Robin's
0: yeah. on his own, and now he's in trouble. Got to yeah. read the next
2: issue. Yeah. Real quick, though, to Ryan's point about this being surprising for Rajah Ghul, and I looked up like sort of this his history here, and he really had not been used much at all in Detective. He was used in like issue, what was it six hundred? Wow, mm, and then hundred so, issues ago. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, Well, he was in 566, 598, then 606, but I don't think they were full stories. I think they were just little, like, mentions. So for Detective Comics, the last time he was in it was 606 all the way to 700. And then same thing with Batman. Batman, he wasn't in, in, and it doesn't look like there were any real miniseries or anything like that and it only looks like I guess they were just sort of um, just little like cameos or something because he was like in issue 400, I think, or something right here. I'm trying to find. I can't find it. Yeah, here. anniversary but, issues usually mean like he's in yeah. a panel or like a splash page or something. Exactly. Yeah. He was in 400, then doesn't appear again to 456, which is that I think in just a flashback, and then yeah. uh, 561. So from 400 to 561, he's only in three issues. It seems like that – was it The Birth of the Demon – that's kind of right. what he was in last. And then what he's in next is the uh, Tower of Babel story mm-hmm. where yeah. he uses Batman's contingency plan in Justice League to disable the Justice League. So, yeah, he was used pretty sparringly. Although the trade paperbacks and stuff, that, that Birth of the Demon one or whatever, what is the one where he... It's supposed to be where Damien was conceived, but then oh. it turned out to um. be not in canon, so then he... I can't think a of a name. Son of, it. of the uh, Demon. Son of the, of the Demon. Demon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's one.
0: true. There, there. All there was the the Rachel Gold trilogy, which actually just got re released in a, a gorgeous hardcover, which should be uh, getting shipped to me soon. But yeah, I mean, there's the Batman Birth of the Demon. That's a Dennis O'Neill Norm Breyfogle book, right? That is, is like I believe the, the original or the definitive or as yet untold origin story of Rachel goal as written yeah. by Dennis O'Neill and painted by norm Rachel probably and I have not read it I own the original but I it's one of well. the but it's uh that's on my list I was kind of waiting for this new hardcover triple version to come out because it's got all three of these stories in it so yeah but those were a part like outside of the main story uh, you know continuity or outside of the main books
1: yeah. Getting through the latter part of this book, I mean, I like how it's kind of funny in some way that Nightwing gets separated from Batman and Robin, so Nightwing's kind of in the middle of his own adventure while Batman and Robin are trying to fight for their life, where it comes down to a sword fight with Nightwing and Rachel al Ghul, which I mm-hmm. kind of thought was interesting. And you have Race talking to... Talia about, you know, Bruce, is it worthy and, you know, he's dead and, you know, I've got somebody for you. So when I read this back in the day, I had no idea Bane was coming. Bane was a thing in the back of my mind. I wanted to think that I knew about Ra's, but I, I probably didn't. So to get the surprise like, oh, it's Ra's al Ghul. To get another surprise, like, oh, holy crap, it's Bane, and then having the realization, oh, holy crap, this is going to be the first full-on meeting between a fully energized Batman and Bane probably back to his prime. So when we got that last reveal, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty big deal, and I think it was Terrence that was saying we get the nice butt shot of <laughs> Nightwing crawl. Uh, so that, oh, yeah, right, Sorry, uh, coming out of the uh, out of the tank here. So it's, <laughs> yeah, that it's,
2: that was Ryan, but you get a nice. So on butt page twenty nine, is, is the too, one.
1: Yeah. yeah, Catwoman too. Yeah. Uh, Jim Ballant would be happy uh, about that, which I thought her little sequence, too, was kind of like, hey,
0: I'm in here. So, you know, you're caught back up if you hadn't It's a read. cool coda. You're just like, oh, yeah, Catwoman, too. Like, you know, you've just been surprised. Like, all oh, the characters are here and Ray is getting away. And, oh, my
2: gosh, there's Bane. And, oh, yeah, you got Catwoman. And now, like, oh, my gosh, where's the story going? Like and and it's
0: definitely enough
2: for you to want to keep reading. And, it's, and Ryan mentioned this, too, but it is awesome that Batman and Nightwing have to lose their their sure. shirts which is a throwback to Batman I pulled it up here Batman issue 244 it's a famous cover by Neil Adams of Batman yeah. lying on the ground with just his cowl but his hairy chest and al and Ghul <laughs> is holding his costume and has a, like a sword through Batman and neither one of them have their shirt on and in that issue uh, the artwork has a lot of big sword fighting with them missing their shirts and, and stuff so and although um,
0: Ra's is like holding Batman's outfit that has like the pants and the shorts batman yeah is still wearing pants and shorts, pants and shorts.
2: Still wearing the shorts <laughs> you cap.
0: know what's yeah. funny is like so i i have this issue and i have it signed by and i got it signed by neil adams oh and so i got was I able to do, actually do that last year at, at new york comic con i had the i had bought the issue and i brought it with me to get him to sign it and he and he told me that story he's like yeah he's like i i think he's even said like he drew that cover without that stuff at the beginning, like it was just the shirt and the utility belt, but he was like, but it looked weird with without the pants. So like I added the pants and just kinda went with it. <laughs> <laughs> so But like even on that's the thing too, I'm sure you could find the the reference for this Terence. Like on page thirty you have the shirtless Batman like pointing at racial ghoul. I know I'm sure I'm like this has got to be like a homage to something else because I'm I think I've seen a Neil Adams shirtless Batman pointing at Rache with that same face before like that's got to mm-hmm. be like some other callback.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed this issue, and it's one of those not that I got this at Ollie's but buying all of those trades and mm-hmm. s- still going through them to be able to complete an entire trade and go. I read this whole entire thing. You know, I think Ryan almost read it all in an entire, <laughs> entire I did. sitting. I did. So, uh, to know, like, oh, we got one more whole trade to go through. And it's the it's the bulk of the story, too. Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, we got to just to the tip of the iceberg. And uh, the last note I have here is uh, we catch back up with Catwoman, and this goes back to issue 35 of her series. So if you're like, uh, wh- how is Catwoman in the cell where well, we kind of quickly recapped that for you and uh, she's trapped until next time to the next issue
2: since Ryan's been deep diving into Catwoman how do you compare this version of Catwoman to Tom King's version of Catwoman do you think he was trying to like well
0: yeah I mean like I said I mean he, Tom King has a very specific take with Catwoman right that he's trying yeah. to do and he's trying to capitalize on the the Batman Catwoman relationship in a way that I don't know I mean hasn't I mean, it it, it flip-flops a lot, right? And that's usually part of the appeal, but he's really trying to go towards the, no, they're horrible for each other, but but I'm going to put them together anyway, and they love each other kind of thing. But, you know, it would be... I think my ideal Catwoman would be this 90s one with a little bit more of a relationship with batman which i was saying earlier she doesn't really have too much of that because she's more out for herself but i do like this basically like espionage lara croft version of catwoman Mm -hmm. i think it's cool it's fun it's 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 definitely a different take
2: but uh but i do enjoy it
0: yeah when i and i I still i still want to deep dive more into into that
2: yeah i started reading comics this was the only catwoman i knew yeah because they
0: reintroduced her around when nightfall happened and like their mm-hmm. first meeting is between Bruce and Selena's on this plane oh was it a plane but like <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he didn't throw that in there but they, uh, but I think like at some point before that too there had been some some weird things where um I think it was in the Mike Barr run years prior when mm, yeah. there was like Jason it was like around that weird time where Jason Todd before before the modern Jason Todd it was like Jason Todd version one where he was like a carbon copy of dick grayson yeah. i think i think somewhere around there like catwoman maybe did she know who batman was she yeah. knew who batman she was who and batman she was, was
1: and they yeah. were on the road to like being a a, a serious couple like bruce yeah. like J- he was telling jason like i'm gonna tell her who i am and yeah uh, on masks in front of her and they were having a relationship i think then the joker comes in and yeah. wipes her wipes mind her mind or something like
0: that yep yep yeah, so like that was an, one of the other major like times I I remember like that historically that that trying to happen and then editorial right jumped in and was just like nope. Yeah, cuz they talked about that or didn't we talk to Mike Barr about that? Barr? Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah. At the at the BGSU Batman conference.
1: Yeah. Well, I f- think this is a uh, like we're off to a great start for Legacy and it's it's been a while since I've I've read you know, like legacy as a whole, just in bits and pieces. So like, it's, it's all starting to fall back in place. So this was something I was definitely looking forward to. And, you know, there were certain storylines were like, yeah, we'll just kind of follow Tim. But I thought this was one that we really needed to kind of go through. And like the whole, like we said, the whole subject matter is Tim. So before we get out of here, let's uh, do some final thoughts on this. And then after your final thoughts, I am so bad doing this. I'm listening to, you know, Batman Book Club and Straight Out of Gotham. And they're like, "Hey, you got anything to plug?" And I'm like, "I haven't said that in a dog's age <laughs> on this show." And Terrence usually says, "I got nothing to plug," but who knows? Maybe he will this time. So,
0: final thoughts and any uh, plugs, and anything you got there? Let's start with Ryan. Oh, final thoughts. I mean, yeah this this covering legacy has been the whirlwind I always hoped it would be, and and. Getting to re-experience this has been great. I'm not exactly sure where our, what we're covering next in terms of our chronology for the show, but what's so cool about the, the trade paperbacks is that it's, it's almost like the Star Wars viewing order of like, okay, you should show somebody that's never seen it before, show them episodes four and five, and then when you find out that Darth Vader spoilers is Luke Skywalker's dad, then you go back and show them the prequels... You know, like two episodes, two and three, so you know how he became Darth Vader. This Legacy trade paperback does that. Like now that you know Mm -hmm. Bane is a thing, the the it takes this detour and shoves in the I'm going to forget the Bane Bane of the Demon miniseries, Mm -hmm. so you so you know all that backstory. But I was just looking it up. What's cool about that is that that Bane of the Demon miniseries came out like two years after Legacy Mm -hmm. came out, so it was made like. After all this stuff, and it, and it's almost like the same thing that Dixon did about um, with the prodigal, right, where he yep. talked about this uh, confrontation between Robin and Two Face, and then years later he makes Robin year one or whatever, and actually makes a story out of it. He did the same thing with filling in the gaps of Bane's story, but they very smartly have slotted that into this legacy trade paperback thing so it, it, it will read like this cool like long form director's cut version of the story and um, I think that's going to be really cool to go back and experience and just issue 700 was so cool like all the characters get something to do they're all important they all matter they're setting up a lot and, and all the unexpected things even having things like Nightwing versus Rachel ghoul like that's super mm. cool that doesn't happen that often and, no. and hearing the And and the fact that he was able to kind of keep up with them and not die, and having the the banter between Rachel Ghoul and Nightwing like was like pitch perfect writing too, characterization Mm -hmm. so super good. I can't wait to cover more Legacy on the show. And as for me, of course, plug wise, just follow me on Twitter at smb underscore Ryan. The SMB stands for Super Mario Brothers Movie Archive, uh, which you can follow separately at SMB Movie. And of course, follow the Batman Podcast Network at BatPod Network, where you can keep up with all the Batman on Film adjacent shows like this one and the Batman on Film podcast. And um, if you want to hear me talk more about stuff, uh, I I don't know when the show's coming out, but it probably will come out after my appearance on the Batman Book Clubs. Halloween episode, mm, uh, right. so I'm I'm kicking that off with Ryan Lauer. Our first episode will be covering a Denny O'Neill Neil Adams Brave and the Bold issue that was nice. Batman. Yeah, it was super cool. It's Batman and the House of Mystery, so it's a really <laughs> cool little um, little story. And uh, that's pro, that podcast is probably out by the time this one is. So give that yeah. a listen
1: to. Terrence, final thoughts, and if you got anything to plug, man.
2: Yeah, I got nothing to plug. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I don't leave the house. As people know, I'm a teacher. We're on, on we're all on, we've been online since March. So, you know, wow. I wake up, I turn the computer on, I interact with the kids. Then I, you know, I think we're going back relatively soon, like in maybe a month or so, they're saying, but who knows what what's going on with the uh, theaters here
0: just opened yesterday.
2: Yeah. That we were in Columbus, Ohio,
1: doing some shopping on Saturday, and they have this nice, giant AMCU. It's really cool. You go up to, like, two flights of stairs, to the very top of this thing, and they were actually pulling back all the the barricades that they had put up. And I was like, they're actually opening the theater. And I I said that to my wife. She's like, keep walking. I'm like, okay, we're not
2: seeing a movie right now. Yeah. Well, I heard that the number one movie in the of the week was Hocus Pocus from like thirty years ago. <laughs> there's nothing new out, so but um, and I guess that's for Halloween. It's been re released, so that's yeah. kind of cool. I, I just I'll echo what Ryan said about legacy, and it's really fun. And I feel like this this creative team in, for Batman universe with Dixons, the Nolans, the Kelly, the Grant, the you know O'Neill. They have been around before Nightwing. I'm not Nightwing. Hello, <laughs> before Nightfall. Maybe not before Nightwing. Sorry, it's almost. Oh, it, I was almost said it's almost one a.m. It's actually yeah. ten after one a.m. <laughs> they were around before Nightfall. They went through Nightfall. They went through all that. They've 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 done this a few times, so they know how to craft a big event. And they're just at the top of their game right here for Legacy, and uh, it's just fun to read. And I got yep. nothing to plug. <laughs> yeah. uh, i will st- to answer uh, ryan's question we
1: will not be covering like we did uh, these main books we will kind of gloss over the bane prequel story like we'll talk about it if we want to read about it see kind of what's going on but that's four issues i don't want to r- slow down the main part of Legacy too much, but maybe as reading homework for my fellow podcasters, I could give it a look if you at home want to take a look at it, but as far as review-wise, we'll be jumping into Catwoman 36, but I I do kind of want to just say, hey, what were your thoughts on that? So that's as far as homework coming up. Other than plugging for this show, you know the show you're listening to, so the other show that I'm a part of with my other Mm co-host Jay Oz, our Young Justice show. We will actually be coming to the end of the Bendis universe of Young Justice and you can find us on E-L-Y-J pod on uh, Twitter. So that is going to be it for this episode. So as a big 700th issue that Detective Comics was, this episode is going to be a little bit bigger as well. Uh, Coming up for next for the podcast is another 80th anniversary show. And I have recently just spoken to Stella from uh, Batgirl to Oracle podcast, and she is going to be making an appearance on this show, which I'm real excited. And I think she's going to be talking about Damien. So that'll be interesting to see uh, what she picks. Yep. So. (laughs) <laughs> I, I was going to throw it out to Terrence and Ryan, but maybe they won't want to be part of that one. So his, uh,
2: his characterization in the Harley Quinn animated series was priceless. oh, he was oh, good. I that so My much. My damn, am yeah. so good,
0: especially when he dresses up as Batman. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man,
1: that's oh that Harley show is so darn good. Always oh, said it before. That show has no
0: right to be that good, and Absolutely. it is so stinking good. And that's it may, and that makes it better oh yeah you're like why is this show that good this is good yeah how does it keep doing this
2: <laughs> and it shouldn't work but it does the interpretation of Clayface as an actor too I'm like why is not an actor like it's yeah. so good cause uh,
1: I say yeah. that
0: all the time around the house <laughs> like when he like poses as like a sorority girl it's so good yeah. he gets so into it it's so good like oh my gosh that dress does not match with those shoes Brittany <laughs> <laughs> oh, like so Brittany's good. not real <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, before we get any slap happy, uh, it is 11 uh, minutes after the hour of 1. So, on the behalf of Terence Ryan, this is Robin. You've been listening to the Batman Universe and more importantly, you've been listening to Robin. Everyone loves Drake. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Take care. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake podcast. This has been brought to you by the Batman Universe.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all Batman related characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for entertainment purposes, so no infringement is intended by this show. The show is not a good revenue stream. Actually, there's not a stream at all. All music and sound clips are under copyright by their respected copyright holders. So there should be no need to send the Penguins lawyers after us for ill-gotten gains because there are none. You can get a hold of the show a few different ways. We are on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can also email in at Robin ELTD Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the BatmanUniverse.net. So email, tweet, or message us. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read your comments or responses on the show. The show you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes and Windows Media. Also, over at our host, TBU. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It'll help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We'll see you in a few weeks. Take care.